You're listening to Congratulations, It's Assist, a holistic podcast for all women. Hi, Jenny. Hi, Kayla. Thank you so much for coming on. Congratulations, It's Assist. It's so nice to have you. I really appreciate you stopping by my house. You are welcome. It's really nice to be here. So I've got you on the podcast because what you do is so interesting. It's a part of our body that we probably don't know enough about and I think would be really beneficial to our listeners. So can you tell us a little bit about what you do? I'm a women's health physio and sometimes we're called pelvic health physios, sometimes pelvic floor physios, really depends where you live, which basically means I've done the standard physio training or study at uni and then gone on to do post-grad study. Um, and many people don't even really know that this sort of physio exists. Um, and I also work in Pilates as well. So there's a bit of a crossover with the exercise prescription. Um, and I work at a private practice in Wembley called Life Care with some other musculoskeletal physios. And we have our Pilates studio there. Amazing. Yeah. And what was it that got you interested in this kind of physiotherapy? Because like you said, like it's not something that you can just start doing no, as soon as you become a physio. No, it's true. And when I was at uni a really long time ago, it wasn't a big part at all of the curriculum. So we did a tiny bit on um, pregnancy and postnatal period. So was, uh, that just sort of sparked my interest a bit. And I just thought I want to know more. So that's when I went back and did my postgrad study. And I guess, I guess what I really like about working in this area is that you can make a really big difference to women's quality of life. And we talk about or we address things that people don't really know much about. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's something that it, you might not even realise is affecting you either. It's, it's kind of like one of those things that you're like, oh, why do I feel like this? I'm not too yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah. And then when I tell people what I do, they say, oh, that's a thing. Yeah. Women's health physio is a thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, even before I came to see you, I had no idea. No, so no, I was wouldn't. seeing a gynecologist and obviously I was referred to you from there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it just seemed like a completely normal thing for her. So she was like, oh yeah, go and see this pelvic floor physio. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And then this yes. was born. <laughs> okay, great. So Tell us a little bit about what the pelvic floor is. I got so many questions about this. I absolutely could not believe it. So explain to us. Okay. So pelvic floor is actually a lot of things. So it can be the bony pelvis. So um, everyone knows where the pelvis is. And we've got the pelvic organs inside, which is the bladder and the bowel and the vagina. We've also got the ligaments and fascia blood vessels and nerves and then we've got the pelvic floor muscles which I think is what you're actually referring to Mm -hmm. yeah yeah um so if we think about the pelvic floor muscles they are a group of muscles which sit at the base of the pelvis so if you think um from the pubic bone at the front to the tailbone at the back and the two sit bones at the side so they kind of support all your internal organs um And so in women, we've got three openings. So there's the one at the front, which is the urethra, which connects to the bladder. Then we've got the vagina and then the anus, which attaches to the rectum. So that's like the bowel area. Mm -hmm. So um, we think of what their functions. First of all, we think of they have a continence role. So if you're trying to get to the toilet on time and you're sort of squeezing the muscles, that is one of their functions. Um, They also support the, the pelvic organs. Um, and they also have a role in core muscle function, working with the abdominal muscles and the back muscles and, of course, the diaphragm. And they have a sexual function as well. Yeah, so heaps and heaps and heaps of things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a lot more than you would think. Yeah, And it's yeah. Su- it was surprising to me that uh, it, it's something that's not really 
very well known either, especially when it is such a huge part. Yeah, exactly. And it's often, well, one of the biggest things is that they're inside you. So they're not obviously easily visible. And I think we were talking about this the other day, when you don't have a problem with something, then you don't think about it. But once you do have a problem with that area, you can't stop thinking about it. And yeah. you're like, oh, what is that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's when we come and see you. Yeah. <laughs> and also I think also people don't really know what kind of analysis uses where very loosely normal is yeah with regards to bladder and bowel functioning and and pain so they don't know if they're experiencing something which we would say oh you can do something about that Mm -hmm. they don't know that that is a potential problem Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah yeah absolutely so you obviously see a wide range of people what kinds of issues are they predominantly coming to you with well, bladder and bowel problems so it could be you know leakage um, could be difficulties emptying from the bladder and the bowel maybe prolapse and also pain that's a big part of it and also I see women who are pregnant and postnatal who might just be coming in for some sort of advice um, around the pregnancy and postpartum period or have, having similar problems bladder bowel wise and so mm-hmm. on um, so if we think of the pelvic floor muscles sometimes they can be very weak and some people think of them as being underactive um, or not working as strongly as we would like or sometimes the pelvic floor muscles can be really painful and tight um, some people will say that they are overactive and difficult to relax mm-hmm. yeah so what kind of symptoms would suggest pelvic floor tightness or pelvic floor weakness I know that you said with the leakage that mm-hmm. could be weakness so what else yep. could there be Okay, so if we think, let's talk about tightness first. So if we think um, if we think of tightness, we think the muscles are difficult to relax. So the first thing that springs to mind is pain. So it will be pain with sex, um, maybe with pelvic examinations, like what you would have with a pap smear, or even inabilities to use tampons. Yeah. Um, also, if we think there are of the bladder and bowel function, um, if we want to be able to empty our bladder properly we do need the pelvic floor muscles to be able to relax completely so it may be that you get to the toilet and sit down and the wee won't come straight away you sort of have to sit there for a period of time or maybe you have difficulties completely emptying or maybe even having to strain to empty um, which is something that you shouldn't have to do if if the bladder is is functioning the way we want it to function Um, also with the bowel it can be the same sort of thing difficulties completely emptying and things like constipation relate to that Mm -hmm. yeah okay cool and with the weakness with the pelvic floor yeah would it be on the opposite end of the spectrum so would it just kind of yeah you may have have difficulties controlling we may have things like um, leakage with cough and sneeze so Mm -hmm. that's what we call stress incontinence um there may be a prolapse type situation where there's not enough support so there's that dragging feelings of heaviness um so they're the bigger that that's sort of the other side of 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 the opposite to to the tightness yeah so these muscles need to be sort of trained to get stronger whereas on the muscles that are too tight or don't relax well they need to learn how to relax yeah so we need to be somewhere in the healthy medium yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) and what can cause this kind of thing to happen so what can make you um have a really tight pelvic floor or a really like a weak pelvic floor yeah so 
there can be many factors um, on, on both sides of the equation. So if we think of the pelvic floor tightness, it could simply be someone has just got used to holding those muscles tightly. So maybe they are always holding onto their bladder or holding onto their bowel and not going when they really should be going so that they get used to that holding pattern. Um, sometimes it can be just lots and lots of core work. So lots of abs recruiting the pelvic floor muscles and then not enough relaxation. Um, but then we also have the other something else, which is is when the pelvic floor muscles have this kind of protective role. So it can be for someone who's had some sort of pain. So we, it could be something like a chronic pain situation, like endometriosis, or someone who's always had period pain, and every month since from when they very first started menstruating, they have pain, and so the muscles tend to tighten up in response to that. So they get used to sort of tightening up every single month. It could simply be um, a series of recurrent urinary tract infections. Lots of um, episodes of thrush can sort of cause that protective response. It's almost like it's a bit of a trauma to the area. And then it can actually be physical trauma. So it could be um, um, one episode of sex that was painful um, and then the pelvic floor muscles start to remember that. So they kind of tense up in, in anticipation or it can be there has been, you know, some sort of sexual trauma, you know, a, a rape, something mm -hmm. like that. Yeah, so that obviously has huge, huge implications. Yeah. And it's, yeah, there are a lot of other kind of factors that need to go into into that. Yeah, so it um, can be like a long-term or a short-term. Yeah, yeah. And also sometimes it can be really difficult to know why they're tight. Perhaps as a girl, um, she was never able to use tampons and didn't think too much about it and used you know the period undies or pads and it wasn't an issue until she wanted to become sexually active and then just couldn't and the muscles just couldn't relax mm -hmm. enough yeah and you know meaning that they were so tight and they can they're not allowing penetration so sometimes we really don't know why well, we can't put it down to one specific factor but definitely we know that our bodies remember pain and when mm. something's been painful we don't really want to do it again. No, yeah. you brace yourself yeah. for it. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. yeah, just ends up being a pattern long term. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, exactly. now that's really interesting. Mm -hmm. um, in this particular area, like yep. you said, you can't see it, so it's yep. kind of hard to know what's going on yeah. there. So, how can we minimise tension in the area if there is tightness? Okay. So again, the, I guess the first thing is to be aware of the area, um, really listen to what your body is trying to tell you. So the first thing that springs to mind is pain. So if, if you do have pain, uh, pain with sex, pain with tampons, in, tampon insertion, pain with, with medical procedures, it's, it really is a sign that maybe you should be looking into this a little bit further because you shouldn't you shouldn't be having pain with sex okay? mm -hmm. so that's that's number one and also being aware of you know what is what are healthy bladder and bowel habits um and so if we think of um with the the bowel the, the bladder sorry you don't need to go to the toilet as soon as you get the urge to go but and that your urge will continue to increase as your bladder gets fuller and then when you go to the toilet though you should be able to sit down um, the bladder should, the flow should start straight away and you should be able to completely empty without having to strain. Mm -hmm. Similarly, um, with emptying the bowels, we should sort of go when we first get that urge, but we shouldn't really be having to strain and it, should, it shouldn't be difficult to empty. So that could be another thing to think about. But also what you're doing throughout the day. Are you someone that always holds your abs sucked in continually? So that could be a sign that your pelvic floor muscles are holding tightly as well. Um, it's also 
also good to be thinking about what you're doing in the way of exercise. So if you are doing a lot of core work, make sure that you actually relax the muscles afterwards. And we're not really good at telling people to relax afterwards. Mm-hmm. Some people aren't even good at doing stretches afterwards. So I'll do them later. So we're even worse at telling people to relax their, their abs and pelvic floor muscles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that would be what I would be thinking about first of all. But definitely don't be putting up with pain. So, you know, it's even if you're not sure where you should go, your GP is actually usually a really good first port of call. Um, and definitely if there's any bleeding as well, that's when you should be going to get <laughs> a little nibs in the background. Yeah. Sorry, Jenny. <laughs> yeah. That's really interesting. And I know um, when I was seeing you as well, uh, I found that really, really valuable with the whole make sure you're relaxing at the end. Because obviously I had a tightness issue. And for me, like I'm definitely going to be saying that in my yoga classes, just a reminder to kind of let it go. Yeah. You don't need to hold on to it the whole yeah, day. Exactly. Like let your belly relax, let it out. Yes. But we don't like to have our bellies <laughs> we hanging out. <laughs> okay, great. So when working to relieve pelvic floor tension, is there a certain period of time it can take and what is the process? I know everyone's different. Yeah, but and, and they really are. And that's a big thing. It depends on so many things. Um, the biggest thing I guess it depends on how long it's been there but also what the underlying driver is so if it's you know you would think if it's been there for a short amount of time it should get better more quickly Mm -hmm. Um, and if it is just purely muscle tightness with no underlying issues related to trauma and so on then often we don't you know physio in itself can be quite good at, at sorting those sorts of things out but if there is if there are underlying factors, psychological factors, then there really needs to be a multidisciplinary team involved. Mm-hmm. And that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And also it depends on how good someone's body awareness is as well. So, you know, be, being aware of, of, yeah, this is my, my muscles are inside. I need to really take time to think about them, to be aware of what they're doing and learn how to let them go. And you know yourself, it's quite a, it's an unusual type of exercise mm. related, it's related to your breathing and, mm-hmm. and so on. And it takes time to get the hang of it. So just like any other type of exercise, some people get the idea of it better than others. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, definitely. It was. It felt really counterintuitive for me yeah. at the beginning. Yeah, like kind of letting it out as I was breathing yeah. out. Whereas with yeah, like like I've told you with yoga, you're holding your mulabunda. You're kind of like always <laughs> keeping it tight, whether yes. it's an inhale or an exhale. So for me to like, yeah, that yeah. was challenging. It, it is, it is. And again, we're always used to just holding everything mm. tight. Isn't it? And I need to let it go. Yeah, I know. You just need to. And even I'm sitting here and I'm like, I'll let my belly out. It doesn't matter. Jenny knows what's up. I'll let it go. <laughs> okay, amazing. So, well, we've got a couple of questions yep. um, from people who are interested in the pelvic floor, which is really awesome. So yep. Kate wants to know, what is the most common misconception about the pelvic floor? Pelvic floor muscle problems are always due to pelvic floor muscle weakness. And, and I hear people coming up to, oh, my pelvic floor must be terrible um, mm. for whatever reason. And people think they need to continually up-train it. But if you have someone who has problems with tightness and not being able to relax, then doing lots and lots of strength training for your pelvic floor muscles will actually make things worse. Mm -hmm. So I think, yeah, I think everyone assumes that it's a weakness problem. Um, And and I think it's just people don't know that 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 could actually be a problem, that the muscles don't know how to relax. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Okay, awesome. And Michaela, she asked, what's the best pelvic floor exercises? Or exercise, if you've got one. Yeah. What do you reckon? Again, it depends. Yeah. It depends on what your problem is. Yeah. So if you are someone who 
has that you know the tight and non-relaxing pelvic floor muscles then we need to teach them how to let go and we do lots of breathing um, getting the diaphragm moving getting the belly moving and teaching the muscles yes they need to know how to contract but they also know how to let go so we're thinking of you know gathering everything up inside and then when you're breathing in you're focusing on you know lengthening out that area Mm -hmm. doing lots of stretches sort of around the hips and and um sort of pelvic muscle area as in the glutes and so on whereas if someone has if someone has a prolapse then they need to really focus on um, yes getting the muscles stronger but being able to lift the muscles up inside because the contract the the action of the pelvic floor muscles is to squeeze and lift mm-hmm. so you're squeezing around all the openings and lifting up inside so prolapse means that they there's a, a, a descent of the, the pelvic organ so they need to really focus on the lift and also managing intra-abdominal pressure so what's going on above the pelvis what's happening on with the abdominal muscles is really important as well whereas someone who has problems with leakage like with cough and sneeze they might need to really focus on that squeeze and lift very much at the front mm-hmm. you know around the urethra someone who might have problems with say fecal incontinence or like they need to focus more around the the, the anal sphincter area mm-hmm. so it really it's it's not one size no, fits no, no. All. so it's really tricky to say that so it's so really working out what your problem is um and then you you can sort of target the type of exercise to the problem yeah, yeah. okay yeah. interesting yeah. and with a prolapse is there a time when you may expect to have a prolapse is that something that can happen anytime uh it actually can mm. um the the thing that most commonly springs to mind is pregnancy and childbirth yeah yeah, and they're the most common kind of risk factors and vaginal childbirth although women who've had cesareans can still have a prolapse um just because of the the um the process of the pregnancy you've got the pregnancy hormones you've got the extra weight and that sort of thing but i've seen women who've never had children who have never been pregnant never had children who have prolapses and it can be due to things like types of connective tissue or continued straining on the toilet. So if every time you go to empty your bowels, you're straining, and you think of how many times that is per day, per Mm -hmm. week, per year, Um, someone who has a chronic cough or chronic respiratory um, problem where they're always, you know, pushing, putting downwards pressure through the pelvic floor. So any sort of downwards pressure, I guess, is is the the biggest risk factor for for, um, pelvic organ prolapse and not having enough upward pressure yeah. which the pelvic floor should generate and then there's also um fascial issues as well yeah, yeah so lots lots of factors and yeah. what's the fascia fascia is bits that sort of envelop the organs they hold it up in place so if you think of say if you think of chicken breast mm-hmm. and you take off the skin and then you see that sort of um that thing filmy Mm. thing yeah that's like your fascia Mm -hmm. so um the fascia helps to suspend the pelvic organs up in the pelvis and that can be overstretched Mm -hmm. yeah Mm. yeah really interesting yeah so interesting yeah so things like feeling a dragging sensation or heaviness Mm. is perhaps a sign that maybe you should look into a little bit further and you know there are degrees of prolapse so um you know with the first the the first sort of stage being very minor and is now actually considered just normal organ movement Mm -hmm. to actual the the fourth degree which is sort of everything outside the, yeah. the pelvis which is not nice and that's something that really is a surgical yeah yeah candidate. yeah yeah to kind yeah. of yeah yeah put it all back into place yes yeah okay. awesome yeah. yeah no that that all makes sense and I mean like 
In terms of the exercises, I know you said that it's different for everybody who, like, it depends what your issue is. But if someone has a healthy pelvic floor and they're not experiencing any pain or any inconvenience with, Mm. you know, going to the toilet or anything like that, is there anything that they can do to kind of just continue with the healthy pelvic floor? Like, is there an exercise that's kind of like universal across the board? (laughs) Um, you know, you've got a healthy pelvic floor. Let's keep it that way. Is there anything like that? Well, I guess my big thing is um, it depends what type of exercise as well that you're doing. Mm-hmm. So I think if someone is doing a lot of abdominal work, then you want to know that the pelvic floor muscles are working with the abdominal muscles. So it kind of makes sense that knowing, okay, when I engage my abs, if I'm, whatever I'm doing, we want the pelvic floor muscles to be lifting up and working with the abdominal muscles. Mm-hmm. Um, similarly, if you're doing a lot of heavy lifting, you want to know that the pelvic floor muscles are you know being supported and that there's no sort of downwards pressure on them so I would say just like any other muscle or groups of muscles we know that we need to exercise our body so just making sure that yep I I know how to work my pelvic floor muscles with my abdominal muscles um, and then I know what it feels like for them to be relaxing afterwards so they don't need to be held on the whole time yep so strengthening absolutely so strengthening and relaxing like consciously being able to let it go just like we would you know if we're doing like shoulder exercises and then we relax the shoulders yeah exactly and it and it depends so someone who is doing a lot of high impact or lifting really heavy loads does need to have stronger pelvic floor muscles Mm -hmm. than someone who's um doing say you know really low level yoga Mm -hmm. that that sort of thing or um and and trampolinists are a really good example they need to have a really responsive um so strong and responsive pelvic floor um, mm-hmm. muscles to be able to respond to those really fast changes in intra-abdominal pressure so for someone like that i'd be saying yeah you probably want to um be doing you know some some type of pelvic floor exercise to make Strength. sure that you're not over that, that you're not um they're not being overpowered i think little that, muscles yeah, yeah now that you mention it as well i think i was reading that there was um a weightlifter who didn't have a very strong pelvic floor and had a prolapse like yeah. lifting weights yeah yeah well and, and that and, and if you think of the mechanism mm. you know it's they are lifting huge, huge, huge loads. Um, yeah. Yeah, I know. I do it's like those two kilo weights in Pilates <laughs> and I'm like, I'm a machine. I'm so strong. <laughs> and then I hop to like two minutes. I'm like, wow, I'm really fatigued. Yeah. They, yeah. If you hold them out there for long enough, yeah. they get, it does get tiring. Yeah. yeah. It's sore. <laughs> and our last little segment, Jenny, are cyst. Very clever. <laughs> so what's your advice for a healthy pelvic floor? Okay, so um, we did touch on a lot of these, but really there are just so many myths around the area. So it's good to know what is some kind of normal. And, and it's kind of hard to... Saying normal is perhaps not something that I like to say a lot because people say, oh my God, I'm abnormal if I don't <laughs> fit perfectly into this little box. Um, but yeah, pelvic floor muscles... Know one size fits all, um, and and know whether you know what you should be ex- or shouldn't be experiencing. As in, shouldn't be experiencing pain with any with any type of penetration, being sex, um, tampons, or with a, a, a medical pelvic exam, and also things like leakage or feelings of heaviness. It's just a sign that that you perhaps need to change what you are doing and perhaps get further assessment Mm -hmm. um also and i know this is more than one piece of advice but the ladder and bowel habits which i keep talking about but it is really important knowing perhaps what is and isn't normal it's not we don't want to be having to put up with having to go to the toilet every hour 
you know, or um, not being able to empty our bladders completely. Um, and also, just while we're on that topic, it is important to sit on the toilet, not hover, mm-hmm. okay? Because when you're sitting, you're more able to relax your pelvic floor muscles, relax the abdominal muscles, and allow the bladder to empty completely. Um, and no doing little flow stops. So I think this is something that we used to think was a good way to exercise your pelvic floor. So start doing a wee and then stop, start, stop, start, stop, start. We now know that that is not a good idea because it sends the brain sort of mixed messages when the pelvic floor muscles should be relaxed when you're doing a wee. If you are referred to or suggested to see a a women's health or pelvic health physio, um, you don't actually need a referral, but do make sure when you ring up to make your booking that you you are going to be seeing someone who has a special interest or has done further training in the in the pelvic health side of things because not all physios do actually do that. Yeah. yeah so and actually, what I wanted to ask you was, hmm. where can our listeners find you <laughs> if they want to come and see you about their pelvic floor, Jenny? Where can they find you? Um, well, we have. Well, I'm based in Wembley. Yeah. yeah in the Life Care Centre, and I can and um, you know we've got our website basically that's the best way um also if people are a lot further away our apa australian physio association has the full list of women's health physios um who might be close to their area so that's a really good way to find someone yeah mm-hmm. amazing yeah. so don't yeah. just roll into your re- regular physio and be like i've got an issue with yeah, my pelvic yeah because <laughs> they won't necessarily have the training to, yeah. to deal with it yet but yeah. they should be able to refer you to someone yeah they should yeah. know where to yeah. send you okay yeah. amazing all right thank you so much for coming jenny that's thank awesome thank you for having me kayla uh, sorry about nimbus in the background he's no, so he's loud so <laughs> episode of congratulations it's assist we hope you enjoyed it and we can't wait for you to join us again next time if you haven't already go check out our website at www.congratulationsitsassist.com.au here you'll find all of our episodes our lady parts blog with amazing stories from incredible women our recipe section with plant-based gluten-free and refined sugar-free meal options and a way to contact us if you want to give us a follow, you'll find us on Instagram at Congratulations It's Assist, Facebook, Congratulations It's Assist, or you can reach out directly, Kayla at Congratulations It's Assist.com.au. And please remember, anything discussed on this podcast does not constitute medical advice. I'm not a doctor. I'm just interested. Please speak to your GP or other healthcare professional before making any changes. podcast was created by my amazing partner Matthew Tanner in our friend Harry's house. Until next time, know you will assist.